I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, I am Jimbo Paris, and welcome to the Jimbo Paris Show. So the guest that I'll be bringing on tonight is Mr. Forrest. He's a transformational speaker. He'll be here to share us his information, his thoughts, and his views on what's the best thing to do to help you. Hello, Mr. Forrest. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So, Mr. Forrest, can you please begin by providing me a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Certainly. Um, I grew up in a farming community uh, here in New Zealand um, where I immersed myself into farming uh, and loved it, absolutely loved it from a very young age. And uh, from that, I didn't really enjoy school so much. So, you know, I was a boy of the land, as they say, and uh, sort of part of that lifestyle was sport. And that was the good thing about school. At least I could do sport. I uh, got into sport and especially rugby is a big part of our culture here in New Zealand, especially in, in the country communities. And it's a very ego sort of background, I suppose. And I was definitely part of it. When I left school, I created a couple of businesses. One, I had started a farming business and I used to share sheep as a living as well and also played rugby uh, for my local club. And just one day I uh, happened to be captain of my team and made a terrible mistake, uh, put myself in danger and dislocated my neck, which left me in a wheelchair for the last 26 years. And just that moment of, you know, going from this, young, strong, fit country boy to all of a sudden not even being able to feed myself or or go to the toilet by myself, Uh, the shame around that, the, you know, uh, not feeling like a real man and some of those feelings that I, I had to overcome. But as I went through the rehabilitation and, and the years to come, I started to understand that there was a lot more to me and my accident actually gave me the opportunity to find uh, new abilities that I hadn't seen before. And part of that was I started helping others and that really made me feel good about myself uh, and my situation. And from there, I sort of went into working with youth in the local college and and sort of self-development from there. And when I got into self-development, I came across a lady called Mary Morrissey uh, in LA, uh, the Life, uh, the Brave Thinking Institute, they call themselves now. Uh, it used to be Life Mastery. Uh, and I ended up going to one of her seminars, three-day seminars called uh, Dream Builder and loved it and just knew I wanted to become a life mastery consultant uh, or life coach. That's happened a few years ago, and now I speak and teach transformational principles, and I'm really passionate about helping people overcome that challenge or struggle 
especially our men, you know, that shame in men is a big killer and quite passionate about uh, helping people understand where it comes from and and what creates it and also how to uh, create a life they love, uh, even though they might have a challenge or perceived disability uh, in their lives. So what are your favorite ways for you to help people using the tools and resources that you have now? Uh, great question. Of course, you know, you do uh, live shows like this and, and um, like yourself. And also I've got a TEDx talk out there called How Struggle Helps Us Grow. Uh, but of course, the best way is coaching um, over time, uh, that time frame. Uh, because everything is is a pattern and um, we have to change the pattern and the best way to do that is over time and space. Uh, so, you know, I really do love working with people for a year, but I do have shorter courses as well uh, in working one-on-one or in group uh, opportunities uh, to help people trans or change that inner pattern or subconscious pattern that is creating the, the results that we are getting. And the simple way to explain that is the results formula. And that is what we think, our thoughts create our feelings. And those feelings affect our physiology of our body. And so that for us means that if we're having expensive or happy thoughts, uh, we're going to totally take a different action than if we're having sad, angry, or depressed thoughts. Uh, and those actions are creating our results. This is quantum physics or metaphysics. And so literally our thoughts are creating what we are getting in as results in our life. So if we can if we can repattern that at a subconscious level, I actually want to get more into the subconscious pattern. What type of am I still there? Sorry, I, I think I might have froze a little bit. It's fine, it's fine. So when it comes to subconscious patterns, what are some of the biggest things you see in clients that you've worked with when it comes to issues? Yeah, I'm back with you, so um, I can hear okay. you fine now. So when it comes to subconscious patterns, what do you think are the most prolific issues when it comes to the clients that you work with? Well, it's, it's those self-doubt. It's that sabotaging behavior, the, the voice in our head. We've all got that voice in our heads. Um, I don't know. I grew up with that old saying, don't talk to yourself in your head. You know, if you talk to yourself, that voice going on in our heads and uh, on a subconscious level we're quite we're always putting ourselves down we're, we're, we're beating ourselves up a lot subconsciously and you know oh, I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have said that uh, you know or when we make mistakes or we fail we're, we're giving ourselves a hard hard time and that creates an energy which creates more of those thoughts. And I feel that depression and anxiety these days are coming from those thoughts that are then not dealt with or 
or not. And it ends up being a pattern that's on repeat and then it becomes a disease or a mental health problem. Um, so if we can learn to understand how we create those sorts and uh, how the brain works, also give ourselves the power to replace those thoughts because we can. We can change our thoughts over time. Hmm. And what is the – how do you change someone's thoughts? Great question. First of all, it comes down to understanding how our brain works. And the first part of that for me is that we've got a part of the brain that is the lizard brain, the ancient brain, and it is always focused on fear, right? It's wanting to keep us safe. So back in in the dark ages, uh, there was the saga-toothed tiger that was ready to pounce on us when we were gathering fruits and vegetables or or herbs or whatever. So we were always on flight-fright syndrome, and I'm sure your listeners have heard that, that flight-fright-freeze syndrome. Well, of course... We've got this brain that's always looking for to keep us safe. And today we haven't got the Sega 2 Tiger. Now we're worried about what our neighbor's saying or what that person on the street's talking or looking, why are they looking at us or whatever. That is the new fear in society or what's on Facebook or what's on Instagram, you know. We're constantly worried about what others are going to think about so if we understand that we've got that brain that's looking for the fear, right, then we know that it is going to focus because there's another piece of the brain that is focusing, which is called the uh, reticulating activating system of the brain. So it's like a flashlight. You know, it's like light. If you focus your light on something, it dims out everything else, right? And that's what the brain does. So it's focusing on you're thinking about. Maybe it's about what your partner is saying about you or what she's thinking about you or whatever, right? But that's what it's looking for. So it's fading everything else out, out of your awareness, I suppose. So once you understand those two things and that we do have that results formula that I said before, you know, thoughts create feelings, feelings create actions, and our actions create our results. Those three things are really important for us to understand. So then we can become aware, and we all can, of our thoughts. Right now, we're having some sort of thought, or the listeners are having thoughts, where the hell is this going? You know, what's he talking about? I don't, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. I'm, I, I don't quite get it or whatever. But there, everyone's having thoughts about what I'm saying right now. And you can observe those thoughts. Just like if uh, – can I give an exercise, Timbo? Um, of course. Go ahead. Well, good exercise is to actually close your eyes, take a nice deep breath through your nose, right? And just relax for a minute. And just notice that you can feel your toes. 
you can feel your feet you can feel your clothes against your skin you can feel your torso or your hips you can feel your hands you can even feel your hair right so we can become really aware of our body we're not our body it doesn't feel like we're we're the body we feel it feels like we're observing the body right and this is why people that lose a limb you know in an accident maybe a leg or an arm they they quite often feels like it's never gone right because they're not that limb they're not that leg or that arm they're, they're something else right there's awareness around our body and we can use that same awareness for our thought but it means that we have to connect to who we truly are and that i believe in a higher power but I, I don't i don't give it a name it, it can be love it can be space as uh, there's a lovely uh, man called dr joe dispenza i think he he calls that intelligent that is breathing us space right or love god spirit infinite higher self there's so many names for it but there's this power right and we can use that power to observe but we have to connect and we do that first by breath taking that breath deep breath through our nose into our stomach and leaning it out like through a straw that does two things that breath also calms that nervous system that is the flight fright freeze syndrome and so when we feel like we're nervous anxious or scared we can use that breath to to connect and relax because if you were if you watch wild animals in the wild right when the predator is chasing it it takes off but what we don't see very often is when it's got away from the predator and it's safe it all of a sudden lets out this big breath and the whole body relaxes again and it starts grazing on you know say it's a gazelle or whatever right running away from a, a lion as soon as it's free and it's and and it's safe again it still might be able to see the lion but it, it lets out that big breath and it grazes we're no different we have to also learn to relax again after that that fear or fright or or uh, anxiety that we're creating from worrying about what others think so we can use that breath to do that and then ask the simple question am i safe and is my life in danger right at this moment because if it's not then you're safe so then we can use those two things to relax ourselves and know that there's no danger right in this present moment it's only our thoughts that are creating that that fear and we then can replace that thought, ideally with a, something that you would love to create. So if it's well-being, then well-being thoughts or positive thoughts. Or if you've got a great vision or something you want to create, then taking a step in that direction helps you change that subconscious pack that we've created quite often that is creating more and more anxiety or depression or fear thoughts.
Does that make sense? That does make sense. And why do you think most people are stuck in that flight or flight? Why do you think there's always this urge for people to be on edge all the time? One one part of that is because we've got that brain, that ancient brain that's looking for that fear. The other part is that we're not taught this stuff very often. We're we're not we're not taught this stuff in our schools. We're not taught how a brain actually works. You know, we're, you have to go looking for it. It's so quick to give you a pill if you've got anxiety or depression. I'm, I'm not against doctors or anything like that. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a professional myself in, in helping people with uh, these conditions. But I don't think there's enough knowledge out there for how we work as, as, a, as a human being having this experience. Uh, and the more you can become more aware of how that works and the more tools you're going to have. So the big big ones is understanding how your brain works, how your subconscious brain works, because that subconscious part of brain there is it's to help us save energy by creating patterns so we don't have to really think about it consciously. That's why... If you go to the local dairy and you drive there, then you might go through a couple of red lights and a couple of green lights. You you can't remember if you stopped or not half the time because you do it subconsciously uh, because your brain is used to doing that and it creates a pattern. So the same is, is true with that brain, fear, looking for fear. We create a subconscious pattern for looking for more fear. These days, it's about what others say about us or what uh, they might, you know, about us or what, how we look in society, uh, especially on Facebook and, and social medias. Everything's very fast. So that's the new fear, right? And because then we create a subconscious pattern to look for what our friends might be saying about us, what... Uh, our partners are saying or whatever, then that creates this lovely big groove in the subconscious mind of creating more and more of the same. So we have to then repattern our brain. And that takes time. And it takes work, uh, but it's doable. Another thing is, do any people have misconceptions or sort of fears when they initially come to you, because I'm assuming there's people out there that are probably enthusiastic about what you're doing, but they may be nervous about whether or not they can make a change. Beautiful, mate. And and that's such a great question because it's it's a lot of people would do feel that way. And mate, if I can, anybody can. I I was I was the boy from a country background that that didn't do that well at school you know I'm nothing special uh yes I had this amazing experience of having an accident but it only opened up my new abilities so um, what I'm saying is if I can do it anybody can uh, any of us can yes you have to do the system 
the way the system works. It doesn't work my way. It doesn't work their way. Uh, it works. There is a system of, of change that we can apply through the principles of dream building and life mastery uh, that I've been training. So once once you know how the system works and you stick to it, anyone can change those subconscious patterns. Excellent. And I'm also interested to know, Mr. Forrest, what are the best success stories that you have with clients specifically? Who is your favorite client that made the most significant improvement in their life using the tools that you provided for them? Beautiful. There's probably a couple that come to mind. I'll take one from both streams. One was a professional guy that I'm working with at the moment, and he wanted to find the confidence to go to the next level, but also wanted to find the confidence. He felt like there was something missing in his life, and uh, he didn't have confidence with his own wife. You know, he was doubting himself all the time. And he, he's working with me for a year, and we're about halfway through already. And the other day, he turned around to me and said, mate, my wife this weekend said to me, I don't know what's changed about you, but whatever it is, it's really, really gorgeous. And at the beginning of our, our working together, that was one thing that he wanted, that self-confidence in his relationship because he felt insecure with his own wife. And, you know, from there, it's created opportunities at work. He's got a pay rise. Uh, there's all sorts of things happening for him and his family. He's bought a new house all within six months and is the power that we all have uh, because I believe that abundance is our birthright as human beings, each one of us. I'm I'm sorry, there's a, a rubbish truck just turned up outside my door. All good? Uh, so that's one of the The other one was I, one of my first clients. She wanted to um, create a house truck, and she didn't have the money. Uh, by doing the same system, she has now got a house truck uh, that she travels around from beach to beach, got works from, from home, from her house truck. She loves her life, all because she took the steps and applied the principles that we teach. Uh, so from having no money, no house, she was losing her, her rental that she was renting, to having our own house truck and she can go wherever she wants. Uh, so that's just two examples from two ends of the spectrum. But this is the power of of, of these principles of creating a life you love, regardless of what's going on. And if somebody, anybody aspired to have a life just like yours, what advice would you give to them? I'd, I'd give them three tools. Jimbo, um, first one is create a vision of where you want to go. A vision, because there's plenty of quotes out there. If we don't know where we're going, uh, how are we meant to get there? Uh, so create what you would love by using that question. Uh, secondly, um, when you've got that love that you want to create in your life, 
wherever that is, decide for it. We must decide. It's really, you know, there's a, if we don't commit to deciding for that dream, then it's very hard to bring it to us. Or, yeah, it just, we, we give ourselves an out. When it gets tough or difficult, if we haven't decided for it, then we will find a, an excuse why not to do it. And the third one is find help. You're not meant to do it alone. Find someone to mentor you, someone who's done it. You know, there's plenty of people that have done what you would love. So find someone who's done that and seek them out and learn from them. So it makes it quicker and easier. Because if, if you've got a dream, there's someone out there that's done it already. Uh, so find that person and get them to mentor, mentor you or coach you. And when you look at the climate of the world now since COVID, do you think there's been a change in your customer base or do you think it still has remained the same? I think I think there's more people out there looking for it. There's more people out there that have got to see this uh, or longing or, or discontent in their lives. And I think they know, they feel like there's something missing and, and they want to, they're starting to search out there for it. Uh, so I think, I think there's more, there's more people out there that are wanting help and creating a life that they love or they're trying to understand what this experience is about and they're looking for it. They're looking for people to, to help them create something that they would love. Like I said, I believe abundance is our birthright in all areas of our life. Relationships, health, money, you know, uh, all those things. It's, it's each and every one of our birthrights. It doesn't matter what colour we are, doesn't matter what nationality, uh, if we're human beings, it's our birthright. And when you look at, let's say this, for example, if if you saw a client and they came to you saying, I'm not happy or I'm struggling with this, this, this in my life, do you give people specific advice for their issues or do you sort of have a general rule book that you prescribe to everyone or I should say give to everyone? Yeah, well, great question again. And like I said before, there's a system. So I've been trained in a system that works, right? So I, I stick to that system because it doesn't work my way and it doesn't work their way. It works the system. There's there's a system that I use. But, of course, everybody everybody has their own own thing that they want to, to change, uh, and it's unique to each and every one of us. We're, we've got unique talents and unique expressions and and though that unique is what the world needs uh, it, it needs that personal expression that each and every person has on this planet and so there's a system but each one of us has our own expression and our own truth uh, within us in that system so it's a beautiful job because everybody's different. Everybody has had their own uh, unique way of applying that system. And 
at the end of the day, nothing's better than having someone at the beginning saying, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of my life. It's stuck. I feel stuck. I know there must be more than this to going, man, I love my life. This is fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. You know, as a coach, there's nothing better, mate. And why do you feel so happy when it comes to helping people? I'm just curious. I think it's I think it's really in our DNA. I think it's in every every human being's DNA to be helpful. The problem is, yes, there's uh, people that have learned to take love. I would say instead of give love is a way to put it. And and those people, it's I believe only being patterned in them. You know, it's it's the way that society or their their family or whatever has patterned that person to to express their love by taking it. But I think most of us love to give help. You know, that's why we have nurses, doctors. Um, there's so many people, firemen. Um, you name even accountants or, or lawyers, they initially went in there to help others. I think I think the essence of our souls is to help others. And I think if more and more people understood that there's a joy in helping others, it makes you feel happier, then more and more people would do it. As, as a dad, I always, when the kids help their mother, I always bring it back to that. Does that feel good? You know, just to remind them, uh, especially today, you know, your kids, uh, everything's so quick and fast and so many stresses. Breaking it back to the simple things of just helping someone out, even if it's doing the dishes or maybe helping cooking or doing a bit of vacuuming for mum. Does that feel good, you know, to help? It, it's. I think it's needed in this world to break it back to the simple thing. And when you ask them whether or not they felt a certain way doing something, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about mindfulness, checking in with your body and other things. So I do like the fact that your advice sort of falls in together into one big picture. Yeah, and, and it's been a process of 26 years from having that accident to understand how this works and how this life works. And that's an awareness of, of spirituality and consciousness for me. Uh, it might be different for someone else, but that's how I've come to understand how these principles work. And that's the element, that that's the X factor is when you understand how this intelligence work that is around us. We're all the same, Jimbo. We're all the same. We're going to meet soon. But other than that, that's the only difference. We're all spiritual beings having human experience, and it's different for each and what every one of us because we all are, we all have our personal expression of that one uh, experience. Excellent answer. And I want to start falling more into your experience with running a nonprofit business because I think a lot of people do not understand how difficult it actually is to run a nonprofit business from 
dealing with the IRS to taxes. It's far more complicated and at times it could be even less lucrative than running a business altogether. It's a very tough thing to do. Can you sort of get into how you took a lot of your knowledge from teaching and helping people into a marketable tool that helps you to run a nonprofit business in the end? Beautiful. Um, and, and it's different for every country, I would imagine. Um, you know, different rules around special taxes and that sort of thing might be different in every country. But here in New Zealand, uh, non-profit, uh, once you apply for that and are seen as non-profit, uh, the tax side's not too too hard. Uh, but first of all, we don't have to do it alone. It's getting good people involved as well, good people that, that have different skill sets. Uh, it's the same as my business, actually, you know, or or anyone's business. Even if we take some of the most richest people in the world, they don't do it all. They have um, good staff or good people around them that do the things they're not good at, right? So it's the same with a non-profit. Uh, it's getting good people involved, uh, selling the idea, passion. Passion goes a long way. Um, and so with the CHB Swim for Lives, which is the non-profit that I got involved with or created, which helps uh, raise money for our kids because New Zealand's drowned by water. It's got lakes, it's got rivers, it's got sea. Uh, only a couple of hours away, you're always close by water. Uh, and we have a high drowning ratio here in New Zealand. So for me, it was a passion. My kids were swimming uh, and the... I couldn't get over how many 10, 11, 12-year-olds were scared of the deep water um, in the pool. And that was like, no, I had to change that. I just felt they're missing out. And and how many kids would would maybe fall off a boat and drown because they don't know how to, you know, how to cope in deep water. So that's, I sold my passion to other people. Uh, and got them involved, got a committee together, and we created a swimathon, which raises our money. And now we're creating different other avenues as well to create more and more money, um, so we can put it straight back into our community and our kids. And and so very similar to anything, really. We don't have to do it on our own. We can get the right people in the right places, um, that would be my first thing that I'd tell anybody is get the right people involved, sell them the passion, so it's their passion as well, and bingo, next minute you're, you're up and away. And speaking of passion, how important do you think it is for someone to follow their passion? Do you think someone should follow their passion or should they just take a more logical route and just do what they're supposed to do per se? Yeah. Mate, there's only one answer to that. Follow your passion. Uh, it's everything I in my coaching, everything that I do with clients, I come back. What would you love? What would you love for your relationship, Jimbo? You know, what would you love for for this 
podcast. It's it's getting in touch with what is in here because when we do that, life life gets easier. Funny enough, it, it, it's hard to start with, but it's a nuance. Once you get into it and start working it, it gets easier and easier and easier because all of a sudden you get aligned with who you really are and those passions are part of that uh, and your purpose. We've all heard, you know, passion and purpose. You should follow those things. Well, if I've met many people that go, I have no idea what I want to do. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I love. But if you break it down to what would I love for my relationship, what would I love for my job, what would I love and just doing that one thing and working on getting that, yes, it'll change. It's meant to. And, but keep asking that question, what would I love? And how did you know to begin asking yourself that question, what would I love? What taught you that lesson? Mary Marcy, my mentor, my the Brave Thinking Institute, Mary, Mary's um, a thought leader in this material. She created a lot of the material. Uh, she's an amazing woman. But that, that was the first time, about four or five years ago, that, that I first heard those words. What would you know? And when you, and when you were running your nonprofit business, how would, what were one of the best fundraisers you had? where you raise the most money for your goals? We, we're a small uh, community. Sorry, right. um, We're a small community. So uh, the Swimathon's a lot of fun. It's, it's Everyone did uh, say we give them 10 minutes to do as many links as they like. Uh, so the idea is you've got swimmers raising money money for people that can't swim. And it's a great fun day um, or a couple of hours where we uh, have teams swimming uh, of, say, four or five for 10 minutes, racing each other. Um, the more laps they get, the more money raised, that kind of idea. And, and um, a lot of fun. We've created up to uh, $8,000 a event over a couple hours, you know, so uh, that was one of the better ones that we've done, but we've been going six years now uh, and created over $40,000. Wow, that's very impressive, and what are some of the, I kind of want to get more into sort of your online business as a whole, what are some of the general products or services or maybe if you have one-on-one -on -one talks such as this one here, what are some of the products you offer? Because I want to give the audience sort of a view of what you can provide for them in this climate online. Cool, man. Yeah, my, I've, I've got a number of different things. I've got free um, meditation uh, on my website at the moment, um, which is a 15-minute uh, meditation, which I've called the uh, uh, Dream Life Blueprint. And they can download that for free. That's a good start. Also, I have strategy sessions, which is uh, roughly about half an hour, 45 minutes, where I look at and help them look at what they want to create or would love. I also look at where they're at 
and there's something amazing in helping someone really get clear on that dream or what they would love and then the next best step in that direction. Uh, they are also complementary at the moment. So if someone wants that, uh, please reach out. I'm sure you'll get my details and they can reach out for one of those. I've got a limited number per week, of course, that I can do. Uh, there's normally three or four of them a week. So that's the best way. And that also is a way to look at what might suit them going forward as a course, uh, like maybe it's working with me for a year as a VIP, right down to three months uh, working with me in, in a group. And when you do a lot of these group coaching, do you prefer the group coaching or do you prefer more one-on-one? What do you think someone can get the best results out of when working with you? They are equally good and everyone's different. Me personally, me personally, I love the one-on-ones on a year uh, VIP uh, basis uh, because uh, it's just the two of us and we really get into the nitty-gritties of it uh, and it can be really powerful. Uh, but the group ones, you're not losing anything with the group either. It's pretty amazing because you, you've you got other people's perspectives uh, in the group and other people's questions, which can be also really, really powerful because you hadn't thought of those questions in the first place. Uh, so both both have their, their, their positives, but me personally, I love working one-on-one clients. Excellent. Do you have any, to end off this talk, do you have any final words or advice you could give to anyone or anyone listening? Yeah, I, I would say just create a little bit of magic every day. Just to find something that is going to create a little bit of magic in your life. Simple things, you know. Uh, it might be just watching a comedy or having an ice cream or uh, just create a little bit of magic and every day, and you'll be surprised where it will take you. Thank you again, Mr. Forrest. It has been a privilege having you on the show, and just thank you again. Well, thank you, Jimbo. It's been um, much fun. I've really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, thank you for having me. Problem, sir. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 